Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, to another exciting, thrilling, riveting episode of Brown Eyed Unicorn. I'm your host, Hannah Brown, and welcome back. Today, before we get into Real Housewives of New Jersey, I have to touch on some very important topics. First and foremost, The Bachelor, Vanderpump Rules, and also, of course, things with my day jobs. Actually, first, I'm going to start there with my day jobs, just because I have two stories that I found to be unbelievable. And like, I truly sometimes, when I'm at work, waiting on these people, I wonder like how they're real. And these are just stories about people being dumb. Okay, so the first one, <laughs> the first one was last night at work. Um, I was getting ready to go. <clears throat> Hello, frog in my throat. I was getting ready to go on my merry way, and work just got crazy busy. So being the team player that I am, and I truly love my job and all of my coworkers, I was like, I'm gonna stay and just like help like get the other servers over this hump, and then I'll leave. Um, and so I ended up picking up a few extra tables. Also, great. Extra money. Yes. Love it. But I'm waiting on this, like, gaggle of women. And they're all really nice. They're having a great time. They're laughing really loudly to the point where one of my tables had to move into someone else's section. They were, like, cacklers. Kind of like when all the women in my family get together. It's like, ah! 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 It's like, whoa. They're having a great time. And at the very end, they all want hot tea. And if any of you have ever, like, served before, I don't know what it is about hot tea, but anytime someone orders it, it feels like a personal attack because it's the hot water, it's the tea bag, it's the what kind of tea do you have, and then the lemon and the honey, and your hands get sticky. And when you have five of them to run when you're, like, kind of busy, it's like, oh, and some people want milk with it. Anyways, um... They're all ordering their teas. And this one girl goes, do you have jasmine? And I'm like, oh, unfortunately not. And I list all of our teas. And she goes, do you have rose? With this, like, sneaky little smile on her face. And I'm like, no, because I didn't just list it. I will never, ever in my adult life understand how so many people are confused. Like, for example, people are like, what dressings do you have? And you list all the dressings. Do you have, you know, Italian Bitch, should I just say Italian? No, we don't have it. At my first serving job, I worked with this guy named Curtis who was so rude and also just kind of weird. And um, he, people would be like, do you have like this thing that we didn't have? And he'd be like, well, we do, but you got to go to the store and get it. And they'd be like, so do you have it? And he'd be like, well, you, we do, but you've got to go to the store and get it. And he would just repeat his joke until people were so annoyed that they would stop asking. I should steal that from Curtis, honestly. The other thing that happened to me was at my salon job, this woman calls and she's like, hi, so I need to see this specific stylist for a base color highlight and haircut. I'm like, amazing. When are you looking to come in? Thursday. I need to come in on Thursday. Well, I look at the schedule, and the stylist isn't in on that day. That's, you know, his or her day off. And the person goes, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm so sorry. That person's actually not at the salon on that day. They do have some availability tomorrow. Can you make it tomorrow? Well, do you have anything in the morning? Unfortunately, not until, like, 3.15. Well, no, that's not going to work for me. Okay, well, I'm sorry about that. Um, can you come in on Friday? 
Well, no, because I'm leaving town on Friday. I leave on Friday. The fucking attitude I got from this woman about how she just had to get her base color highlight and haircut before she fucking left town, as if her poor planning is my fucking problem. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So then I'm just like, okay, well, you know, TBH. Not really sure what to tell you. Well, I don't have her no- I don't have his or her number, but can you just text them and see if they'll come in on Thursday? Skirt. This woman wanted me to text her stylist personally and say, "Will you come in on your day off to do her hair?" And I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a stylist, and I know business is business. And I know if they're getting three services, that's a lot of money in your pocket. But also, why enable these people who think that the world should just revolve around their fucking poor planning and trips? I just could not even deal. And we ended up being able to squeeze her in, and it was totally fine. But I was just like, also, don't shoot the fucking messenger. Don't bitch at me over the phone. Well, no, that's not going to work for me. It was like talking to, like, Season one, Countess Luann. I was like, fuck off. Elegance is learned and money can't buy you class. Do you have jasmine? <laughs> Do you have rose? No. Bring your little Trader Joe's tea bag and then we'll discuss. Anyways, let's get into The Bachelor. This week's episode was chock full of nuts. I loved it. First of all, I love Kelsey and her rage. I always say, people have told me a million times to go on The Bachelor. And honestly, now that Hannah Brown is as irritatingly relevant as she is, I do regret that choice mm, pretty often. But I never went on The Bachelor. I never even tried to go on The Bachelor because I know that I'm batshit crazy and I would get a terrible edit and I it would not help my career at all. And Kelsey's meltdown this week over her champagne truly reminded me of like how I would be if I was on this show what doesn't remind me of how I would be if I were on this show was her like square hoop earrings and her frosted you know soap opera circa 1997 lip color the champagne to the face champagne gate it was all amazing so for those of you who didn't watch Kelsey set up this little like champagne in a wine bucket like set up like chilling over ice with a couple flutes by a fire and she's going around telling the girls like yeah so like I planned this for Peter and like I brought this champagne from home and I just think it's gonna be like really nice and all the girls are like yeah Kelsey that's really sweet that's really like sentimental and so Kelsey is like so excited to like steal Peter away and have this little fireside champagne moment with him and be like I brought this bottle all the way from Des Moines and then Hannah Hannah Ann um like is like like sits with him and is like ooh little champagne moment and he's like all right and they like pop this bottle of champagne and then Kelsey's like oh, oh my god oh my god Did, oh because I'm sorry at this point so sorry she's all excited about her champagne setup then McKenna steals Peter away before she can present her Des Moines champagne then when she goes to get him she's like no it's fine it's fine it's fine like she bitches out McKenna then she goes to go get Peter but then she hears a pop she's like did I just hear a pop. And she finds out that Peter and Hannah Ann opened the champagne that was intended for her to open that she brought from home. So she's like, oh, my God, seriously. Oh, my God, seriously. And she's just mar- like stomping around being like, no, 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 no. So she, like, goes up to them and she's like, 
Okay, no, th- this is my champagne. I brought the champagne from Des Moines. Now listen, I'm a Midwestern gal. I'm sure Des Moines is a delightful place. Is the is I'm not trying to sound like a snob. Is the champagne from De- well, technically it can't be champagne if it's from Des Moines. It can only be champagne if it's from Champagne France. So I'm like, is this like a like a 100 year old bottle of champagne from France, France that you've been saving for this moment? Like, I just love how she was like, I brought that from Des Moines. I'm like, I'm sure you could have like an intern on The Bachelor run to a local Ralph's and probably get the same bottle. I know that sounds snobby. We all know I have like $2 in my bank account, so I'm not trying to sound like a snob. I just thought it was funny how she emphasized, that's from Des Moines. So then Peter's like, uh, and so he's trying to make the most of the situation. So eventually, like, they get a different bottle of champagne that production had provided. And they go to open it. And then he's like, all right, do you want to drink it from the glasses or the bottle? And she's like, mm, she like, thinks about it. She's like, let's drink from the bottle. I'm not a classy bitch all the time. And she goes to drink from the bottle. And you know that, like, she was, like, the wheels were turning. And she's like, you know, if I drink from the bottle, I'm just going to look like a chill, like, down-to-earth, like, cool girl. The opposite of what she just portrayed when she was like, seriously, Hannah Ann? So she goes to drink champagne from the bottle. (laughs) I laugh every time. And it froths in her face. Just a full spray of champagne to the face. And the shock, she's like, oh. And then Peter's like trying but failing to stifle his laughter and he's like are you okay and she's like honestly like I'm over it I'm just like I'm just like I'm over it and she just stomps off and it was hilarious and amazing and the rest of the episode is her just like trying to climb uphill and like be a cool girl and it's so funny and again I'm I first of all it was great television second of all I would be the, the exact same way like I'd probably be more of like like, I would probably cry out of anxiety, frustration, and anger as opposed to, like, yell at people. But, like, I would be a ball of emotions if I were on this show. So, like, I get it. It's a very weird, stressful situation. But that was hilarious. Um, also, Hannah Ann continues ma- to make me... Sorry, I need to read my notes. Hannah Ann continues to make me want to die. Um, the wedding dress in that, like, Revolve fashion challenge was truly a psycho move. And normally I'd respect that because I love, like, a psycho move. But she sucks, so I don't. Um, A psycho move I like to do semi-regularly is um, every now and then I'll just (laughs) present my left hand to Jake. Like, I'll, like, put it on the wheel of his car or I'll just, like, put it in front of my face as if looking at an invisible ring that's not there. And truly this is psycho because it's only been seven and a half months, but who's counting? And also it's, yeah, I mean, he thinks it's really funny and endearing, which is why I continue to do it. But, like, the wedding dress thing at the Revolve fashion show was just such, like, I was just like, Hannah Ann, fuck off. Then we have Victoria F. I think Victoria F. Victoria P. is the annoying one who cries too much, in my opinion. Victoria F., though, to be fair, had her own share of crying this week because she's like, I'm just not confident and I just want him to see me. And I'm like, you look like fucking Princess Jasmine. Like, Peter sees you, babe, I promise. Um... But I was like, she should be super confident. Although it's easy for me to say we all struggle with our own confidence issues. So I was happy that Victoria, like, came into her own and put herself on Peter's radar when unwrapping that chic leather dress to reveal lingerie. Hannah Brown better stay where the fuck she belongs, which is off my TV. That's just a sidebar. I also lived for Natasha calling Peter out on how much time he's given Hannah B. She's like, that's not fair to us and to me. And I'm like, that's called standards, ladies. And I really appreciated Natasha in that moment. 
Hannah Ann then tells Peter that Kelsey is bullying her. And like reality TV people get really worked up over the word bullying. They're like, what? Bullying? Like Kelly Clorin Ben Simone, systematic bullying. And I just want to know, like, why are we so afraid to be called bullies? Like, it's not like Hannah Ann had like a Luca Magnata adjacent video of Kelsey like murdering a woodland creature. Like, Kelsey should have just to me, like if I were Kelsey. And Peter, like, pulled me aside to be like, are you bullying Hannah Ann? I would have just been, like, in theory, I probably would have started crying. But in theory, I would have, like, kept my shit together and been like, hey, Peter, so here's the tea. I find some of Hannah's behavior to be a little disingenuous, and it's been rubbing me the wrong way. I've been so stressed out by this entire situation, and honestly, like, I'm still a little upset that I didn't get to present my fancy Des Moines champagne to you. Is that chill? Let's make out by this fire. You know what I mean? I feel like there's a way that she could have handled it, but like everyone got really worked up and I just can't wait to see this continued rift between Hannah Ann and Kelsey when we know that neither of them are making it to the top three. Hannah Ann maybe, but that'll be very disappointing because I still find her to be the fucking worst and very triggering to the cool girls in eighth grade, as previously said. Anyways, let's get into Vanderpump Rules. So Britt does a boudoir photo shoot for Jax this week. And that darked me out for many reasons. One, learn how to fucking speak. She's like, boudoir, boudoir, boudoir. And I just can't deal with someone being that dumb and also that rich. Like, it truly, can you hear the heat? Like, can you hear my, like, Alex McCord rash climbing up my neck. I've been watching Vintage Real Housewives of New York. I was watching the Morocco episodes, which is why I keep making, like, Kelly Clorin Ben Simone references and, like, Alex McCord references. Because um, I wanted to show Jake the scene of Alex stomping and being like, Oh, Anne, I have to talk to you about something. And they were all getting the henna tattoos. And then Kelly's like, You ruined my tattoo. Who's going to fix this? Santa? Anyway, so sorry about all the Roni references. But I just, it gets me so heated, like, when Britney doesn't know what Malbec is and she's like, Maybach, or like, I swear to God, like her accent gets thicker every fucking season. And I don't know what agent she has or manager who's trying to ruin my life by being like, really lean into the Southern thing more. Cause she's like, Jack says a good man. Like, I just can't, like her voice is like nails on a chalkboard to me. So I was like, learn how to say boudoir. Like, how about if you're going to do something, know how to pronounce it. And then second of all, she had a fleur de lis tramp stamp that just sent an ice cold shiver up my spine. Anyways, um, I truly think, though, that Brittany and Jax must have done some sort of deal with the devil, which I certainly wouldn't put past Jax, um, because they both truly look better than ever this season. Like, better than ever. And, yeah, I mean, it's not fun for me to admit that they both look amazing, but they do. So whatever work they've gotten done, whatever lip method workouts they've been doing, it's working. Brett continues to be the worst in regards to Sheena, but then Sheena was a huge asshole to my queen, Dada Danes, so shrug. The scales even out eventually. Peter and his straightened hair reminds me of a very specific story, um, so allow me to elaborate. In college, my very good friend Joey, who is one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life, went to a party dressed as one of our college professors, and this college professor had sort of like sandy grayish blonde hair that was like a bob so to accomplish i'm sorry guys to accomplish this he just draped like a little beige towel over his head for this costume to act as the hair 
and it was hilarious and also the party we were at like there was it was the one theater party where like non-ISU theater people were also there and it was all these like hot guys who worked at Hollister were at this party and my friend Joey was like why is it the one time I wear a towel on my head to a party there's Hollister models like fucking kill me um so to me like that's what Peter's like straightened brown hair looks like it looks just like a gray or I'm sorry gray a brown washcloth maybe a brown wet washcloth just like (laughs) slung over Peter's head and I'm not into it like I I would say that I would just like shave Peter's head in his sleep a la like Samson and Goliath like when Samson's hair gets cut off and he loses all of his strength but if I did that I would be doing Peter a favor and I don't really like Peter's so I would never let's see what else he also continues to be extremely creepy as Charlie gets introduced to him and he's like oh you might meet your boyfriend today like get the fuck away from her Sheena was a monster this episode to Dada Danes. She, like, slut-shames her for banging her boss. She's like, mm, well, you know, you slept with the boss. But I'm like, Sheena, you've banged a married man. So, like, your moral compass is made of rubber. It's very floppy. Um, oh, sorry. Also, just going back to Peter and his towel hair. He has a line of candles now. Lord, help us all. Help us. The labels for those candles are literally made from like word art circa 1999 printed out and super glued to the candles with like a glittery Elmer's glue stick that he found in a bottom drawer at Sir. I just can't with the candles. I'm sure they smell like Axe body spray and I'm not here for it. Sorry. So back to the Dada Danes and Sheena drama. Um, I appreciated how Dana was. I continue to love her. Also, we both lost our moms. So I'm like, yes, soul sister. Um, I liked how she was direct with Sheena and she was like, hey, so like, is this about Max? Because you're literally training everybody else but me. And I loved how Dana like didn't get worked up about it. She was super direct. This is the type of communication that my therapist, Hedia, continues um, to want me to implement into my own life. So I was very inspired by this moment. And Sheena's like, what? No. (laughs) Lala and James are back in the studio and back on their friendship bullshit. So that was a cute moment for me. I was like, yay. We meet Danica. Danica was suspended um, from Sir after shoving her boyfriend at work. So I'm thrilled that she's a new addition because I really miss physical assault on Vanderpump Rules. Gone are the days of Stassi backhanding Kristen in the face. Gone are the days of Lala shoving Kristen. Wow, Kristen's gotten assaulted a lot. Lala shoving Kristen going, sit the fuck down. Um, So I'm happy that Danica and her boyfriend uh, physically assault each other at work. That's a fucked up thing to say. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? She shoved her boyfriend at work and got suspended. I thought it was hilarious. Anyways, um, Sheena. Yeah, Sheena also, by the way, saying that you can't sleep with your manager. When we all know that Peter has banged employees before and still would, if not for all of them turning him down. Like, to me, that just seems backwards. Basically, like, we all know that Sheena's just jealous of Dana and everything's only okay when everyone else does it on this show. Does that make sense? I also wanted to know, speaking of everything being okay when everyone else does it, how is Kristen's, I can't speak, how is Kristen's situation with Carter any different from Stassi's situation with Patrick? Now, there might be some stuff going on off camera that I do not see. I'm a mere spectator of what is put before me on my television. But... There are some parallels. There are some parallels. You know, Kristen and Carter, on again, off again. Stassi and Patrick, on again, off again. Carter is a little bit controlling and weird. Patrick, very controlling, very weird. I'm just saying. 
both both of them are kind of possessive weird dudes so i'm like i don't know why everyone was patient with stassi and like nurtured her through this breakup and then everyone's just taking a giant diarrhea all over Kristen's head metaphorically speaking as she tries to like navigate this carter situation i'm just saying seems a little messed up um max ooh, not a good week for max i don't think it's ever going to be a good week for max honestly um I thought it was hilarious when they went to see Dana's set, which was, by the way, actually good. And Max being like, you know, I think I'm funny. So I should be a good judge of whether or not Dana's funny. And I'm like, you saying that is probably funnier than anything that's ever come out of your mouth, including but not limited to his super fucking racist tweet from like 2012. He's issued an apology, but... It falls on deaf ears. Max is already canceled. He had a good run. Not. Last but not least, Ariana talking about mental health was dope. And honestly, maybe it's just because I'm like lazy or on my phone too much when I watch TV. I didn't even notice the like aggressive difference between frames when they did the original shoot versus the reshoot. And everyone's like up in arms on the internet about it, which is the only way I know about it. And I just want to say reshoots happen kids it's showbiz I, I like i think everyone's missing the point reshoots happen it's reality tv shit happens and i think the conversation she had was important regardless okay before we get into real housewives of new jersey i just want to shout out a new etsy store i got connected with um annie Harmon owner of Sprinkles and Spark through our mutual friend, Sarah Fruman, who has a great podcast called School of Sparkles. Um, and she also re- leads uh, wellness retreats. Um, so we got connected by Sarah Fruman, me and Annie Harmon. And Annie Harmon has this Etsy store called Sprinkles and Spark. She's a hustler. She's an adorable Jewish wife and mama. She just wants to bring cute, comfy, Jew-tastic merch to everyone. She's got lots of fun prints and graphics for both kids and adults. She has leggings, little tote bags, t-shirts, super fun, unique stuff. I have a top that says Nash Kvetch Repeat that I'm already in love with, and I'll be posting that to IG soon. So check her Etsy store out and Instagram, Sprinkles and Spark. You go, Annie. We love a hustler here at the Brown Eyed Unicorn podcast. Fellow unicorn. Okay, so now let's get into Real Housewives of New Jersey, episode 10. So we open on Melissa asking Gino and Joey to help make dinner, and they're pissed because she won't let them play Fortnite. And then Joe does a wellness check with Melissa on if she's gotten any orders from the Envy Fashion Show, and she's like, well, yeah, it went great, but, like, what is going on with your sister? So she, like, fills Joe in on how she threw water on Jennifer And it shows Teresa after throwing the water being like, do you like that? And then Amy from Reproductive Medical Association calls. And she's like, well, you know, Melissa's ovaries look great. The AMH looks great. And Melissa's like, oh, my God, I'm like a teenager. And then it's revealed that Joe only had three swimming sperm when he was supposed to have like 15 million. And he's like, what? And she's like, supplements can compromise a man's sperm. And then like. I thought it was funny because, like, you would expect him to feel, like, all emasculated, and he did get, like, a little bit red, but he was, like, overall, like, a lawler about his sperm. So he has to stop using his supplements. Then um, we're at Margaret's house, and Margaret is making her dog Bella a chicken a beef combo. Um, And Jackie comes over, and Margaret's house just has a really chaotic energy that stresses me out, but she has a really nice yard, and that's where she's planning to throw a drag brunch for Mother's Day. She's like, so when Mother's Day was coming, I was like, I want to have all my friends over with the mothers. Um, and then Jackie's like, I think anywhere that drag queens perform is going to be good. 
And Margaret says she has no intention of inviting Teresa. And then Jackie's like, um, well, that sucks. But listen, you know I have a house in the Hamptons, right? I was thinking I should just like invite all the girls next weekend, but you'd be okay with that, right? Basically like being like, hey, heads up, Teresa's going to be there. And she kind of wants to take a neutral stance between Margaret and Teresa. And she still doesn't feel that Teresa and Dolores really understand the real Jackie. So she wants to invite them all to the Hamptons to like get to know each other better and become closer friends. And um, then the scene ends with Jackie being like, you're the only friend I hold hands with, Margaret. And Margaret's like, and I hope I'm the only friend you show your vagina to. Then we cut to Dolores, and she has these very early season Sheena Shea glasses on, except for Sheena's were turquoise. And she's going to get pedicures with Teresa. And she's like, hi, Teresa. And Teresa's like, hi, baby, hi. Oh, this is fun. And Dolores is like, they're like catching up about the MV fashion show. And Dolores is like, I didn't get to talk to you because of Frankie. And Teresa's like, oh, he looks so good. And Dolores is like, yeah, you know, he and Gia have been texting. You guys, Gia and Frankie have been texting. Oh, my God. I'm so excited about it. Truly, like, the dream couple. I say this every week. I'm obsessed with them. Teresa then is talking about what color she wants for a pedicure. And she's like, I want white, but, like, with a glitter on it. And I just want to say, I'm not personally into a glitter toe or a glitter French pedicure for that, for that matter. Um, Jackie calls to invite Teresa to the Hamptons. And Dolores is like, am I invited? Like, kind of as like a ha ha ha. And Jackie's like, yes, you're invited. I was going to tell you tomorrow, Dolores. And then Teresa's like, oh, what are you guys doing tomorrow? And Jackie's like, oh, Margaret's having a few people over. Oh, no. Oh, no. I feel bad. And they hang up, and Teresa talks to Dolores about why she wasn't invited to Margaret's Mother's Day drag brunch. And Teresa's like, bitch. And Dolores suggests that Teresa talks to Margaret, but Teresa is still completely clinging to the fact that Jennifer told her that Margaret found her embarrassing. And Teresa's like, embarrassing? She's embarrassing. Embarrassing? Embarrassing? Ooh, my voice just cracked. Cute. So then we return to... Saturday, Mother's Day weekend. And we see at Teresa's house, the girls are making her breakfast. And Adriana is like, I love bacon, 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 bacon. And Melania is like, where's mom? I'm calling her on speaker. And then meanwhile, at Margaret's house, Margaret, Margaret's look is full midsummer, but like glam. She has like a flower crown and like a little like, like lacy cream top. And she's like, oh my God, look at that, Joe. Look how gorgeous this is. And the yard looks amazing. The party planner killed it. You got your omelet station. You got your cold food station. Then at Teresa's, I thought the breakfast was really cute. And Teresa walks in. She's like, hi, girls. Oh my God. And Adriana does like a Jody Sawyer, like series of pirouettes as a greeting. And I think it's Gabriella's like, here you go, T. And she calls her T and not mommy. And Teresa fully cries, like, reading the card and gets emotional over missing her own mama Mother's Day. And Teresa notes that she thinks it's fucked up that Margaret didn't invite her to her Mother's Day brunch, knowing that Mother's Day is hard for her. And honestly, I didn't even think about that, but, like, kind of fair. I once had a friend who, like, had a Mother's Day get-together out here in L.A., and he didn't invite me, and I, like, called him out and was like, if you don't see why that's fucked up, like, knowing how hard Mother's Day is for me, like, we don't really have anything to discuss. And we're not friends anymore. So I was like, Teresa, I get you. Then Joe calls. This is a free call from Joe. And he's like, hello, girls. Happy Mother's Day. Another Mother's Day gone. And I'm like, okay, Debbie Downer over here. Like, Adriana's just really excited about bacon. And Teresa just, like, opened this present that she likes. And you're like, you know, another Mother's Day gone. And Teresa's like, they bought me a beautiful necklace with my name on it. And he's like, I got you a beautiful necklace with your, with your name on it. 
And Teresa's like, no, you didn't. I didn't remember. And the girls are all like, you don't remember anything, Mom. You don't remember anything. Of course you don't remember. And then Joe's like, my wife's brain is turning to mush. And then he's like, the one good thing about all this is I appreciate my family more now than ever. And Teresa's like, well, you should always appreciate us. And they show a montage of Joe being a dick to Teresa, which was just really dark. There was so much darkness in this scene. And I hated how all the girls just jumped on Teresa and like called her, like basically just insinuated she was dumb because she didn't remember anything. And Joe, it's like, we're not talking about you and the fucking nameplate necklace you got her. We're talking about the nameplate necklace that your daughter's got her while you're in ice custody. I just, he's such a dick. I can't handle him. Then meanwhile at Margaret's, Marge Sr. arrives and the, the queens all arrive and Marlene is like fully into all the queens, which I loved. And Marge Sr. refuses to drink champagne with them because she hadn't had breakfast yet. And I was like, lame. And then Jackie and her mom show up and Jennifer and her mom show up and Jennifer's mom seems a little confused and shifty about all this. And I was like, I want to be greeted by a drag queen everywhere I go. Like, you know how in Disney movies, like, the princess always, like, leans out the window and is like, ah, 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 and then a bunch of, like, cute woodland creatures, like, come to, like, hang out with her and, like, sing with her and stuff. I want to be able to do that and just have, like, a gaggle of drag queens, like, come over to my house and, like, hang out with me all the time. Dolores and Valerie show up. Melissa and her mom Donna show up. And the tablescape, I just want to say, is very Lisa Vanderpump adjacent. It was lots of pink and lots of roses. And Dolores is like, Listen, today the mothers are here and I'm getting dirt on everybody. And Melissa's like, don't ask about me because everyone thinks I'm a good kid and I'm not. And I also made a note that I love an omelet bar, even though I truly believe that eggs are only as good as the hot sauce that accompanies them. Jackie then invites everyone to the Hamptons and tells Margaret how it was a little awkward when she invited Dolores. And Dolores calls Margaret out for the whole, like, I'm an embarrassment, she's an embarrassment thing that Teresa's been, like, so obsessed with. And Margaret's like, I am an embarrassment. I'm ashamed of myself. But she basically doesn't understand why Teresa isn't also embarrassed to associate with Danielle. So Margaret realizes that when she first met Teresa, Teresa was like fresh out of jail and in full like namaste vibes. But since then, things have changed. And Melissa's like, well, buckle the fuck up because this is the real Teresa. And Dolores is like, Teresa's under a lot of stress and now she's in jungle mode. Listen, I don't want to see this get out of hand. It's going to be a war. But then Dolores changes the subject and she wants to hear stories about everyone from their mothers. So we find out a bunch of fun little trivia. We find out Melissa wasn't allowed to have a boy call the house. Jennifer's mom, meanwhile, totally like pimped her out to men at family events. And then Valerie said that Dolores isn't allowed to move in with a guy unless they're married. So she's not into the whole like Dolores and David housing situation. And then Melissa's mom, Donna, agrees. And then they're like, Anne, do you agree? That's Jackie's mom. And Anne's like, I don't agree. We're very liberal. And I was like, Anne, I live for you. And then we find out that Jackie's mom, Anne, paid off some dude for a ring because he wanted, he like bought a ring to propose to Jackie or something, but Jackie wasn't interested. So Anne just paid 15 grand to this dude for the ring so that he would fuck off. And then Marge Sr. tells stories about how she was just like wasted all the time when Margaret was a kid and how she like almost drunkenly fell over the balcony, which is wild. And Dolores asks Marge what she would do differently. And Marge says she would be less of a friend and more of a mother. And everyone cries. Wow. I just I type these notes and I don't even look at them while I'm typing them. And I wrote she says she would be less of a friend and more. <laughs> Less of a friend and more of a monster. That's not what I wanted to type. I meant mother. Wow, that was Freudian. No, I love Marge Sr. Um, everyone cries. God, my note-taking skills are terrible. 
And then the queens show up, and Jennifer's mom looks so perplexed. Jennifer's like, it was a lot of, like, squinting and, like, crossing her arms. The drag show starts. The moms are all loving it, except for Jennifer's mom. Marlene is, like, up and dancing, so into it. Everyone dances. This whole part was cute and fun. And Margaret's like, my lady's like a drunken whore. And she still wants to give Teresa a goodie bag. And she's like, no, I'll just give Teresa her goodie bag when I see her. I'll guilt her. And I was like, that's weird to me. Like, pick a lane. Either you're going to invite her to the Mother's Day thing and give her the goodie bag or don't. And just, like, don't. But to give her a goodie bag when she's not invited is like, here's some shit from this event that you weren't allowed at. Like, what the fuck? So then David, or Dolores visits David at work, um, and she brings him lunch, and she's asking him about sniper school, and he's like, oh, my God, it's unbelievable. I can't wait to go back. And Dolores is like, well, it's kind of a fucking bummer that you couldn't make it to the fashion show, and he doesn't get why it was, like, so important to her. And Dolores says, sometimes it's better being your patient than your girlfriend, which just, like, broke my heart. And he just doesn't respond and just keeps eating and laughs. And he's like, ha okay. He's such a little fucker. Like, he reminds me of, like, a seventh-grade boy who just, like, doesn't know how to, like, communicate with women. It's, like, embarrassing. And Dolores is like, no, but seriously, I'm getting a lot of crap. And then in a high-pitched voice, David is just like, really? And the subtext of that is, oh, fuck. And Dolores is like, you're giving me the look where you either want to beat, or no, I'm sorry, David says, Dolores, you're giving me the look where you either want to beat someone up or throw a table. And Dolores is like, so what are you going to do about it? And she goes, nothing. And at the same time, he's like, nothing. <laughs> His passive little ass. I can't with David. I'm really, really over him, honestly. Okay, so then we're with Jennifer and her mom. And Jennifer's mom is making these like really yummy looking like dumpling type things. And Jennifer refuses to help her, but she asks her mom about the drag show. And... Her mom's like, I didn't know what was going on. And Jennifer's like, I didn't know if the sun was in your eyes or if you're looking in shock. And Jennifer's mom was like, well, I was because I didn't know they were a guy. Dolores told me they were men. I said, you got to be kidding me. And she talks about how certain things are becoming more normal to her the older she gets. And Jennifer's like, uh, heads up, I'm raising my kids to be accepting of all people. And she brings up how Gabby was confused as to why her mom said that she didn't know that Jennifer's brother was gay. And Jennifer, like gets how her mom's kind of old school but she's also like hey you have nothing to hide you should be proud of your son her mom fully starts crying and jennifer i just think this whole storyline with jennifer educating her mom is cute and her mom's just like okay well let's see let's see and i'm like okay let's see is better than a no so jennifer's just teaching her mom to be more woke and more accepting and then jennifer ends the scene by being like does eating the food make you happy and i was like eating the food always makes me happy we return to, after a commercial break, Margaret coming to Marge Seniors as Marge Senior is packing to move. And Margaret's like, oh, my God, I might faint. It smells like fucking poopery mixed with French whore. And Marge Senior isn't worried about her move. She kind of has, like, Kristen Doty energy about the move. She's like, eh, it's fine. I'll be out. It's NBD. And Margaret's like, in the meantime, with the new apartment, did you call, get the electricity turned on? And Marge Senior's like, no. And Margaret's like, Bob, you're trying to be crazy. And Margaret talks about how she's just super stressed by Marge Sr.'s chaotic energy, which is ironic because, yes, this scene, like, really stressed me out. It was like an episode of Hoarders. But it was so interesting because I was like, wow, I was stressed by Margaret's house earlier. And then seeing Marge Sr. pack to move, I was even more stressed. Like, it all seemed like a chaotic energy to me, even though Margaret's, like, the type A one in their family. So then... 
Margaret talks about how she's super stressed, and um, Marge Sr. says she's going to donate a pair of these, like, stiletto peep-toe booties with a leather rosette to Vietnam War veterans, which I thought was wild. And Margaret's like, no, no, we're throwing things away. We're throwing things away. And I just want to say I love throwing shit away. I am moving out of my place in June, and I'm already daydreaming about all the shit that I'm going to throw away. It is truly the best feeling. So then Jackie's getting ready to go to the Hamptons, and she's talking to her kids, and she's like, guess what, guys? I'm going to the Hamptons house without you. And they're like, you're mean, Mom. And then it cuts to Joe Gorga and Melissa Gorga, and Joe's like, I used to go to the Hamptons. Tarzan had a good time there. And Melissa's like, no one cares what Tarzan did before he met Melissa Gorga. I agree. I have this, like, thing where I get curious about, like, Jake's past, but I'm also like, I want to know nothing because if I know too much, I turn into, like, a jealous psycho. And then Jennifer talks about she hasn't been to the Hamptons since her 20s. And Bill's like, well, maybe I'll do a surprise visit. And she's like, what? No way. But we know that Bill, I think, is going to visit. Or at some point, he, like, is going to get wasted. And then Jennifer is driving. Um, they reveal that the, the car arrangements on the way to the Hamptons is Jennifer is driving with Teresa and Dolores, while Margaret, Melissa, and Jackie are driving down in another car together. And Jennifer looks up Jackie's house, and she sees that it's $50,000 a month just to rent. And then she looks up its net worth. And Jennifer's like, I get the feeling that Jackie doesn't like to talk about money, though. And I love that. I love that, like, Jennifer loves talking about money. And I do find... And this is me, who has never had a lot of money, that when you have, when you're not used to having money and then you have it, it's like fun to talk about because you're not used to having it. Whereas like if you've kind of always had it, which this episode sort of alludes to with Jackie, then like you don't like talking about it as much because it's just like what you're used to. Does that make sense? So then Jennifer or Teresa's packing and she's like, she's like, oh my God, it's pouring. I do not even want to go. This is absolutely ridiculous. And she calls Dolores and she's like, yeah, Dolores, I don't even want to go to the Hamptons. It's pouring outside right now. And she reveals that she's in a bad mood because the girls, her daughters always side with Joe and not her. And Dolores is like, I know it's hard, but there comes a time where you got to put your foot down and say, it's enough already. And Teresa's like, well, you know, I haven't seen Margaret and, you know, I don't really care to be around her to tell you the truth with a big ass mouth. And I'm like, wow, the Hamptons is going to be a total shit show if they're all going into the trip with like these attitudes. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this trip unfolds. So then all the gals are piling into the cars to head to the Hamptons. And in the separate cars, Jennifer reveals that she looked up Jackie's house. Then Jackie checks with Margaret about the whole Teresa thing. Teresa is like, I have a lot of shit going on. And for her to be even doing this shit to be really to me really fucking pisses me off. And then they arrive at Jackie's beautiful home. And Melissa's like, well, you know, I'm really a Jersey Shore girl, but I can get used to these Hamptons. You know what I mean? And I just want to go on vacation with Melissa so badly. I say that like every two weeks, but it's true. And then Margaret's like, wow, cut me a break. This is stunning. And Jackie leads Margaret and Melissa to their room. And I just want to note that the ease with which these women settled into their rooms is so hilarious and stark contrast to Real Housewives of New York when it's a fucking like battle just to like get someone to settle on a bed like there was no drama it's just like oh this is beautiful oh this is great okay i'll sleep here i just thought that was really funny and then margaret still brought Teresa's goodie bag which we all know where i stand on that and then melissa calls margaret out and is like you can't tell her to who to be friends with either though so melissa's sort of like neutral where she understands both sides and she's like margaret it's really not your fucking business who Teresa decides to be friends with 
And then Teresa is like, you know, the only thing is about staying at somebody's house, you got to bring your own luggage in. And then Teresa comes in. Also, like, just bring your fucking luggage in. I don't know. Like, it's not even a big deal. And then Teresa comes in and she goes, well, thank you for inviting me, Jackie. Thank you. And Margaret, thank you for not inviting me. And then Margaret's like, oh, geez, don't come in hot and heavy. And then Melissa's like, let's open a fucking bottle of wine, anybody? That's why I love Melissa. When in doubt, open a bottle of fucking wine, okay? And then Teresa's like, I mean, we're all in the same friend group, so, like, everybody else was invited but me. And Margaret's like, Teresa, Teresa, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. And then she, in her confessional, is like, if you're so upset I didn't invite you, you didn't even talk to me. Why didn't you pick up the phone? Why didn't you call me? Why didn't you text me? I mean, what is going on here? And Margaret's like, by the way, I, my intention was to invite you because I even brought you a goodie bag. And Teresa's like, I don't want a goodie bag. And it's like, dun, dun. And that's kind of how the episode ends. And the next week, we see scenes um including but not limited to the following. We find out that Jackie has family money, which Jennifer finds truly fascinating. Margaret yells at Teresa and calls her the worst fucking mother. Yikes. Jennifer throws a fork at Melissa. Melissa's like, don't you dare. She gets up. She's like popping off. I love when Melissa gets angry because usually she can keep her shit together. She's pretty logical. She's pretty level-headed, but do not fucking poke at Melissa Gorga because she will rip your face off. Or at least she'll lunge at you until someone like grabs her elbows and is like, Melissa. So I'm excited to see all the drama in the Hamptons. I will say, and I say this every week, I've said it, been saying it for the last few weeks. This show um, has kind of saved the best for last. I don't even know how many episodes there are this season, but I feel like it was like a late start. And now every episode is like chock full of nuts. Do I wish that Danielle was on this trip? A hundred percent. But you know, beggars can't be choosers. Um, thank you so much for listening, guys. Again, if you don't follow me already, follow me at Hannah A. Brown on Instagram and Twitter. Um, feel free to DM me with any feedback you have or email me at brownajudicorn at gmail.com. We have some really exciting guests coming up in these next few weeks, so keep an eye out for that. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.